Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We just want to thank you once again for this day. Lord, one more day, one more opportunity in the times of peace in our state only, Father, even though there's turmoil all around the world. You've given us this time of peace that we could gather together freely. Lord, we don't want to take these opportunities for granted, O oh Lord, because we never know when these privileges will be withdrawn from us. And therefore, O oh Lord, in these times of peace, we want to build ourselves in the most holy faith so that when the times of trial will, will come eventually on all of us, because you said, Lord, in your word, you promised, O oh Lord, for all those who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and seducers and imposters and enchanters will grow worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. That's what your word promises, O oh Lord. But Lord, we don't want to be a part of those people who will be deceived and will just fall away into perdition. But we want to be among them, counted among them, O oh Lord, worthy, counted worthy to escape all those things which are coming to pass upon this earth and to stand in the presence of the Almighty God before our Savior, holy and blameless and spotless before His sight. And therefore this morning, even as we go to the ministry of the Word, I pray, Lord, You would prepare us, O Lord, and show us from Your Word as to how to prepare ourselves for the days ahead. We will build ourselves up in the most holy faith, which has been given once and for all for the saints, and will contend for it all the days of our life. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of God's word. Animate me, O Lord Jesus. Anoint each and every one of us to hear what the Spirit has to say in this last hour of time. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Just titled uh, today's uh, meditation broadly as uh, continuing in that straight and narrow path. Okay, it's just broadly titled it. But it will get eventually uh, several things which I just wanted to share with you even as I was going through the scriptures. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 15. Second Chronicles chapter 15 is something which we've been looking at several verses from Second Chronicles chapter 15. But there's one particular verse which just... I mean, I, I was my, which caught my attention and I just want to look at that verse. If you uh, were there following it, uh, our teachings uh, over the weeks, Pastor was mentioning about for a long time, no, no law, no teaching priest, no true God was there in Israel. And this is exactly what happens in that particular uh, set, of, set of verses. Uh, there's one particular phrase which I want to look at uh, today and from there I just want to use that as a launching pad. Second Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 5 onwards. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out. Not to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land, which was this time when this, when there was no law, when there was no teaching priest, and when there was no true God. There was a, for a long time there was, those privileges were not there for, for Israel and what happened in those times. There was no peace to the one who went out, not to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. So the nation was destroyed by nation and city by city for God troubled them with every adversary. This is essentially what, if you, if you want to, if you want to encapsulate what is happening in this, in these last days, especially, uh, if you've been watching and following news and getting irritated and angry and frustrated, um, this is what you'll observe. There's no rest. There's no, there's absolutely no rest. Uh, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Why who'd allowed this to happen though? 
You see that? God. So, I just want us to just keep this verse in mind and we'll, we'll come back to that later. See, keeping in that straight and narrow path, no matter what the circumstances that we might be going through, is not going to be easy unless and until we prepare ourselves. It's a, it's an intentional exercise. Okay. Let's read a few verses to get the preliminaries out of the way and then we'll look at the meat of today's word. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and run the race that has been set before us with endurance. So all of us are in a race. And this is not a 100 meters dash. This is a long distance marathon and... The chances are that you might just drop out in the middle. If you, if you, if you've seen a marathon race, if, if you, and, and you compare yourself with, uh, compare those races with every other race in, in Olympics, all the athletes which come, who come, who, uh, who compete in every other race kind of finish except the marathon. Except the marathon. Not everybody who starts the marathon ends the marathon. Okay. I mean, and Christianity is a long obedience in a single direction. And we are all in a race. And there is, there is something which we need to really, really keep in mind. And this is endure. I mean, we have to run this race with endurance. And God is teaching us through different circumstances and trials. We'll come to that later on. But understand how do we, uh, that we are in a race and this is a long distance race. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 onwards. Beware brothers, lest there be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we are, we have come, uh, we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. See that? Steadfast to the end. Again, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Moses indeed was faithful. To the end, okay, in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. You see, you see those, the emphasis over the, in the, in those verses? Firm to the end. That means you have to finish. Don't stop one way, uh, in the, in, in the middle. You have to finish. Many people start and only few people end and the prizes are not given for people who started. The prizes are given only for those people who finish the race. You need to understand that. Who set, the, who stick to the standards of God all the way. Hmm? Understand that. Therefore, Romans chapter 11 verse 22. Again, it says, therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who felt severity, but toward you goodness. If we continue in his goodness, otherwise you will also be cut off. Okay. Another verse which we've been looking at in different contexts over the, over the, over the years. Galatians chapter 6 verses 6 and 7. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor, uh, nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. You ran well. You see that? Galatian church, you ran well. For a while you ran. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You ran well for a, for a season. You started well, you were on fire for God. See? And now what has happened to you? And that's exactly what Paul says in, he, uh, in Galatians chapter 3. He says, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You've been bewitched. I mean, this is the church of God which has been bewitched, which is under the spell of witchcraft. Understand that. 
Look at what again, another warning, Hebrews chapter 10. These are all warnings for believers, okay? See, uh, nobody can pluck me from God's hand. Yes, that is only one side. It is written. You also have to balance scripture with is, it is also, what? Written. Then you get the whole counsel. Hebrews chapter 10 will say, for yet, yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. For yet a little while. When is that little while? We don't know. Yet a little while. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the souls. But you know what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2? It says that day will not come until what will come? The great falling away will come. Falling away. Apostasy, from which we get the word, uh, ep- uh, comes from the Greek word epistis, which is unbelief. Epistis means belief or faith. Epistis means opposite of belief, which is unbelief. Apostasy or the great divorce, if you will. That's the word. Divorce. They will divorce God and go away. They'll not be faithful to the calling. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, is what they profess. But they profess one thing, but they've drawn back. And they have denied him. So be warned, be warned, be warned. Luke's Gospel chapter 13, very interesting set of verses. And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. You see, whenever Jesus had miracles, people followed him. Miracles, no problem at all. Teaching, look at what happens. Suddenly when teaching started happening, then one of them said, Lord, are there few who are going to be saved? You see, everybody is flocking, coming to you when you are doing miracles, but when you are doing only teaching, Lord, I mean, I don't see the response that that we got when you start, when you did miracles. Look at look at what look at what is happening. Just people are just dropping away, and he, and the seventy people also. I mean, there, there were seventy at least seventy people disciples who were following Jesus, and then some of his disciples, when the the, the teaching got a little more tough, they, they didn't they just drew back and they did not follow him anymore because they got offended. And Jesus looks at the, looks at the twelve and he says, "Do you want to go away too?" Understand, God will never control us. That is witchcraft. Manipulation, intimidation, control is witchcraft. Holy Spirit will not control us. He gives us the fruit of self-control. You need to understand that. What does He give us? Fruit of self-control. Every other thing gives you, makes you to do certain things, controls you. Understand this, very important. And then it goes on. Strive therefore. Look at this. The word for strive is what? You know, and the Greek word for strive is agonize. Agonizmo. Agonize. Agonize. To enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter, but only, but will not, will not be able to. Uh, uh, another translation. Uh, NIV will say, make every effort. Every effort. Meaning, do it with all your might. You know, when uh, children come to me, uh, sir, sir, I did not get this problem, sir. Did you, did you try it? Sir, yes, sir, I tried. You, did you try everything? How long did you try? You know, I, knew, I, I know one professor. No, I keep telling him. I'm telling you about him. You go to him with a question paper in question in, in, in the in the assignment. He says, "Sir, I'm not able to get this answer, sir." He said, "Banyan tree. Go under the banyan tree and meditate." We have in in Tripla we have banyan trees. Okay, that's the, essentially the tree of knowledge. Uh-huh. Okay, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Go <laughs> sit under the tree and <laughs> meditate. Have you tried? 
Oh, if you try and for a while and then you give up. What you do with math, you will do in, in Christianity. Huh? Make every effort to enter through the narrow gate. Look at what it says, another, another translation. Everybody say that? Work hard to enter. Work hard. You can't go to heaven in an easy chair, for the Lord doesn't want any lazy bones there. Okay. It's this hard work. It's discipline. It's such kinds will not go except through by fasting and prayer. It's a beating of the body unto subjection. You know, the, the word for humbling yourself, you know, I afflicted my soul with fasting. Remember that word? I afflict, the word for affliction is very powerful. It's like dominating my soul. Abusing my soul. In, in, in Telugu, balatkara mucheta. You know what balatkara is, right? So if I use that word, you, you understand. Abusing my soul. Work hard. This is not, this is something which we cannot take like this. This is intentionality, you see. And especially when things are going, going around, I mean, what, what are we supposed to do? Still times of peace here in India? It's gonna come. Okay. So what do we do? We prepare. So how do we prepare? So we, we look at all these concepts and when we look at these concepts, we understand that, that Old Testament has types, has types, has types of people who started well, who could have finished well, but who did not. They had all the resources for them, for them to be able to finish the work for the, which God has started in their lives, but they did not. And I want to look at one example today. Before I go there, I want to look at one verse, which we constantly keep looking, Hebrews chapter, sorry, this is Romans chapter 15, 15 and verse number 4 and 5. For whatever things were written before, were written for our learning, that through the patience and the comfort, actually ESV uses the word, that scriptures provide. You see, when you read your scriptures, what do you get? Patience. Do you get patience when you're reading scriptures? Leviticus? When is it going to end? Leviticus is still okay with me. I've still Levit- Leviticus I enjoy it. I mean, I learned to enjoy Leviticus. But first Chronicles? Bah! Genealogy, 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 genealogies. This person had so many children. This person had so many children. This person had so many children. They were not among them. That is what last, you know, uh, when I give Abigail uh, an examination, you know what she does? Uh, she leaves a few questions and she goes to the other questions. And I said, why did you leave them? She says, I will come back to them in the last. In the last. So First Chronicles is the last books I read in the Bible. Because every other book I read, First Chronicles, my goodness, I need patience. Really, I need patience. Leviticus I can manage. I mean, Leviticus actually I enjoy after a period of time. I began to enjoy because, you know, there's so many truths. The, the, the revelation of the cross is fantastic in the book of Leviticus. But when you come to First Chronicles, I say, Lord, please, I want to get through this, please. And you know what happens is that I lose track and I go back and I waste time. I'm like, Lord, please. I mean, I, I'm not able to uh, get, a, get, a, get a free flow over here. So, scriptures, patience and comfort of scriptures you might have. What? Ultimately, the result of it is what? Hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. So we, we study scriptures, we study patterns in the old covenant. Whenever, whenever you look at patterns, we look at people who are in Christ, the type of Christ, or people who are in Christ, and finally who people who could not continue in Christ and therefore fell away. See. As long as you are in Christ, 
you overcome. As long as you are in Christ, you have the promises. Because every promise is yes and amen, only in Christ. The moment you leave Christ, I mean, you go outside of the, of the, of the, of the, of the covering that Jesus gives, uh, in terms of his teaching, in terms of, of church, etc. You're destined for disaster. So you have types in the old covenant of people who were in Christ, a type of Christ, a people who were in Christ who overcame for a, for a time being, and, but after that became complacent and, I don't want this please, if you don't mind, okay, because it distracts me. Sorry, Sami. Yeah. No, may the God of patience comfort and grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. So, so let us look at one person today. From Second Chronicles chapter 15, that, right, we'll look at the previous chapter, Second Chronicles chapter 14. Uh, this is the story of Asa. By the way, <clears throat> Asa, the word Asa means healer or injurious. Healer or injurious, both words. It's very interesting in Hebrew. Okay, he could be a healer or a Hitler, in other words. That's what I titled today's sermon actually. Healer or Hitler, you choose. But it, I said, okay, man, I don't want to be too tongue-in-cheek here. So healer or physician, that's what it, it means, physicians. It, the word asa means physician. <laughs> and ultimately physician, heal yourself, you see. <laughs> the proverb comes to pass in his life, ultimately. Hmm? But let's read. Look at the start of Asa. Start of Asa. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Let me tell you something. No matter who says what, if you are not doing right in the sight of God, it doesn't matter. Because you have to give an account to him through who, to who, whose eyes every Thought and intention is absolutely clear. You are naked and bare before him. Understand this. So what happened? Asa did that which was right. So he had what we call has a conversion experience. Conversion experience. A authentic, genuine conversion experience. No, let me ask you this question. Once saved, always saved. I don't know, boss. I mean, this is genuine conversion. Look at what it says. In his, in the eyes of the Lord his God, for he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. There was a tremendous revival in his own personal life and because the, the head was, was, was interested in seeking the Lord, the nation also kind of followed him and he encouraged them. Look at what it says. Goes on. He also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah and the kingdom was quiet under him. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a picture of come to me all who are in labor and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me and you will find rest for your souls because I am meek and lowly in heart. So there was rest. The moment he came to Christ Jesus, there was an incredible conversion experience, a type of a conversion experience a man or woman experiences when she comes into Christ or he or she comes into Christ. So what did he do? And he built fortified cities in Judah for the land had rest. He had what? No war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. No. Are this, is, is it going to continue like this? Without war? No, 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 no. Why are good times given? 
You know, we learn from, we learn from um, Joseph, why are good times given? So that you put away for an evil day. How many years of, of plenty? Seven years of plenty. Okay. Put away. Put away for seven years of plenty. What, are we, what does grain stand for? It stands for the word of God. Deposit in your soul and in your spirit the word of God. Deposit. The times of, we still have peace, relative peace here in, in our country, especially in our city, especially in our state. When we have these times of relative peace, what are we supposed to do? When God has given us no wars in that sense, there is, there is, there is freedom still for us to, 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 to come together. What do we do? We gather the grain, store away, deposit the spirit deep down inside of our heart. How do we do that? Look at what Asa does. Several things he does. And I want to look at all those things today. He does, he does five things. Look at what he does. First, therefore he said to Judah, times of peace, guys. So let us do one thing. We'll do five things. How many things? Five things. So we have to also do how many things? Five things. Let us, let us try to understand the spiritual significance of what these five things. So he says, let us build these cities and make walls around them and build towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Oh, he's got foresight. He's got wisdom. My dear brothers, he's got wisdom. He's got foresight. He's got, he's saying, you know what? God has given, given us a time of rest and peace so that Days are coming. Relative peace now. Let us build five things. Cities, walls, towers, gates and bars. Let's say, all together. Hmm? Cities, walls, towers, gates, bars. Say that again. Bars. Thank you. Let me see. Quote from memory. Cities, <laughs> walls, towers, gates and bars. Five things. So first, the first, first thing he says is, first build what? Cities. What is that? Cities. What are cities? No. In Psalm 147, Jerusalem is called the city of God. Ir. Where it's a place of gathering. Okay. A place of gathering. Alright? It's a place of gathering. Ir. Okay. Jerusalem is a ear of God. The Hebrew word is ear. So what do we do? It's a, it's a symbol of the gathering together of the saints. So we have, we have been given these times. So, so what do we do? We gather together as a church. What do we do? We gather together as a church as often as we can. Okay, look at what it says. The church. The church, if you will, <clears throat> has seven functionalities. How many functionalities? Seven. According to Ephesians, it's got seven functionalities or seven adjectives are used to describe the church, which which essentially have different uh, connotations and uh, you have uh, different functionalities when you, do, when you look at those, uh, those, those adjectives or the names that Paul uses in the book of Ephesians, where you have sitting with Christ Jesus and walking with Christ Jesus, sitting in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places along with, along with him and entering into his rest, essentially, and then walking with him, walking with Christ Jesus, and then taking a stand against the enemy as a soldier. So, there are seven uh, adjectives that Paul uses for the church. First, he says, it's the ecclesia or the called out assembly. What is, a, it's, it's what, what is it called? It's called the called out assembly. It's a governing body. What is it? It is a governing body of Jesus Christ to exercise dominion on earth. 
So if you want to be a person who, who has to overcome sin, who wants to exercise dominion over your flesh, who wants to exercise dominion over the powers of darkness, or exercise dominion over the, over the, over the, uh, over the trappings and the, and the attractions of this world, where, where should you be? A part of the, of the church. Second, it's called, it's called the body. Organic. It's not an organization. It is a body. It is organic. In, that means every part of the body receives and gives. What does it do? Receives and gives. So let me tell you something. Yesterday, I mean, we were having yesterday uh, Q and A. You know, somebody, some man of God said, "You know what? Consumption without contribution is equal to entitlement. Consumption without contribution is equal to entitlement." So the second objective is that everyone is a is a part of the body. I'm just the seen part of the body. There are certain unseen parts, the heart and the liver and the kidneys. My goodness, just imagine, oh, they're not important. They are the most important. Lungs, can you see them? Brain, can you see? The body, the body, every person is, it's, it's an organization, it's not an organization, it's organic. So, first we call, we are called an ecclesia, the called out assembly, set apart from this world, and we become the governing influence in this, in this, in this, uh, in this earth. We become the, we become those people who exercise dominion on, or rather we establish the kingdom of God on this side of eternity. Second, we are called the body. Third, we are called the workmanship. What are we? We are Christ's poem. The poema, the art, we are, God's, God is doing an artwork. We are, he's, you know, we sang, we sing that short song, right? Silpi chetilo, silanu nenu, okay? Anukshanamu nannu, chekumu. Meaning, is God is slowly working on us, he's making us into a piece of art, a beautiful piece of art. We are what we call as God's workmanship. Fourth thing, we are called the temple of God. I'm not going into the details of everything. We can possibly meditate upon it sometime later. Then fifthly, we call the family of God. Six, we are called the bride of Christ. And se- seventh and final, we are called the army who is supposed to taking, uh, supposed to take stand against the powers of, of darkness. We are supposed to take a stand, right? So these are the seven adjectives that are used for the church. So what are we supposed to do? You know what the first thing Asa says is, let us build up the church. Let us build up the church. So let us gather together as often as we can. Matthew chapter 12 will say something very interesting. He who is not with me is, okay, if you're not in the church, you're outside the church. Simple. There's no middle. There's no, there are no fence sitters. That is the reason why what Derek Prince says very interesting. He says, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, once, one thing he will do, he will electrify the fence. Either way you will fall. Outside or inside. And he who does not gather, what does he do? He scatters abroad. So what are you? A gatherer or a scatterer? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. In That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one. You see? What is God in the business of? Gathering. So what are you in the business of? Ah, important. Gather, gather. Hebrews chapter 10 will say something very interesting. He says, therefore, let us consider one another in order to stir up for what? 
love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more, even as you see the day approaching. So what do we do? When we're given these opportunities, we gather as much as we can together. Of course, if you are not able to do it, you gather online. Especially if you are a part of the body of Christ, it is incumbent upon you to listen to every service, every preaching, for because you are a part of this local body. I'm not saying you should not listen to things outside, of people from outside, of different, for a different church, teachers from a different church. I'm not saying that at all. But primarily because God has placed you in this body, you have to be nourished and be kept and be guarded in the fellowship that God has given you. Become a part of it. So the question I want to ask is, how many of you like to be with sheep? It's important. You know, Chuck Swindle made a very interesting statement. He says, you know what? I love to be around sheep. I smell sheep. I smell like sheep. You want, how, many of you, how many of you want anointing? Let me see. I want anointing. Raise your hands. Are Half anointing only? Huh. Raise your hands. Both hands if you need. How many of you want the anointing of Saul? Bah. Nobody wants to. How many of you want to be have the anointing like David? Both hands. Very good. So Samuel goes to David, uh, to the house of house of David. Okay. God says one of Jesse's son will be the next king, a man after my own heart. So Samuel goes. Everybody is scared when the prophet comes. Have you come in peace? And I'll tell you something. When prophets come, you have to be scared. If prophets don't scare you, that's what it says in Revelation, right? Where the two prophets come, they bother the people of the earth, left, right and center. And the people of the earth are so happy when they die. Okay, if people of the earth are so happy when you die, then thank God, you are approved by God. And they give gifts to one another, it says. (laughs) Remember that? And the whole world has seen that these prophets are slain. Okay, that's beside the point. So now, prophets have, prophet has come to Bethlehem. And everybody said, why did you come? Everybody's scared. No, no, I've come in peace. Don't worry, don't worry. Okay. Then, um, goes to Jesse's house. Ask all your children to come and stand in line. So everybody is, you know, clothed. They washed, they clothed, they anointed everything. They're anointed. I think, I don't know if they're anointed, but they come with their best robes and all of them are standing. And then Samuel is there. He's looking. What is he looking? He is looking, God is smelling. What is God smelling? Okay, what is, what, what is God doing? God is smelling. You know what it says in, in, uh, Isaiah chapter 11, it says, He will make him quick to understand the fear of the Lord. Who's that? Jesus. Quick to understand the fear of the Lord means, He's got very sensitive smell to the fear of God. Wherever there is no smell of the fear of God, He runs away. Come forth in the color. No, no, no fear. No fear of God. He runs away from the fear of God. So, God is smelling, Samuel is seeing. So God comes through Samuel and Samuel says, boy, behold, the Lord's anointed is right before me. God says, doesn't smell of sheep. Next. Doesn't smell. No. No, 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 no. no. Are there any more sons left over here? There is one guy who is outside. But he's taking care of sheep. Bring him here. We are not going to sit until that fellow comes. And what is he doing now? He's just come from, he has not washed himself. He's not cleansed himself. He just came because his father called him. And he comes rushing into the house of God, rather where the prophet is, and now God says, that 
is the smell. Wow. Smells of sheep. Anoint him now. How many of you like to be around sheep? Oh, no, 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 no. Sheep. No, no, no. They are all troublemakers only. They do a lot of gossip. They do what? See, there is something very interesting. You know, Warren Wiersbe made a very interesting statement. He said, Noah made an ark. ark. Hmm? And there were a lot of animals in the ark. Do you think when animals poop, nice smell will come? No. But the smell inside the ark was much, much better than the smell outside the ark. Which one do you prefer? The smell outside or the smell inside? What sayest thou? What do you prefer? You know what God was smelling? Sheep, man. This guy. This guy was around sheep. You see? Who are you around? Do you love to be around sheep? Well, I want, my brother is here. He's, he's leaving. My goodness. We, we, three of us stayed for such a long time in the, during the lockdown in the church office. I hope we rubbed on each other. <laughs> but definitely this brother rubbed on me. I'll just miss him for sure. Hmm? You smell? Do you smell of sheep? Look at what it says in Psalm 78 about David. Why was he chosen? He chose David as servant and took him from sheepfolds. From where? Do you like to be... Ga- See, only sheep gather under a shepherd. From following the eaves, you know. So every time he had an opportunity, even though he was, he was, he was in the court of, uh, of, of Saul as a musician. Okay. In other words, he was in Gachiboli in a software company working. Whenever he's given the opportunity, where is he found? Hurry, work, no, no more work now. I'm running where? To my sheep. To my sheep. That is the reason why God said, anoint the Anoint, not once, not twice, three times. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with the skillfulness of his hand. You see, we, we all like the great commission. Lord. Go and preach the gospel to every creature and baptizing them in the name of the Father and teaching them to observe all the things. That is the great commission. But you know, one particular great commission we miss. You know what is the great commission? Actual great commission, which was given to one individual. Anybody remembers the Great Commission? This is to the great apostle. Excuse me? Look at what it says in, according to John's Gospel chapter 1. This is the Great Commission to Apostle Peter. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to me, what? Feed my lambs. Like this little, little lambs, no? I'll tell you something now. Now I'm getting more excited to stay with young, small, small children, no? They really excite you. They give you some interesting ways to, you know, they're, they're innocent and they're funny and they're also, they're not cut also at the same time, no? Because I have a, I have a, I have a student, I told you, right? One student who was there with me. Very nice, nice kid, very nice kid, got a good heart. No, he didn't want, he didn't want to come to class the next day. So the, the way he asked me, because he's scared to ask me, and I'll say no. He says, sir, uh, uh, I finished this assignment, sir. Oh, sir, okay. Okay, okay, great, and good job. Mm. Sir, actually, tomorrow, sir, um, nobody's there in my home, sir. I said, okay, okay. He doesn't want to come, okay. Nobody's there in your home? Yes, sir, nobody's there in my home. Okay. So what about that? Uh, I'll be all by myself, sir. I said, oh, why? 
So, uh, sir, uh, they're all going for a wedding, sir. Uh, okay, fine. Okay, great. Bye. Have a good day. So, he went and sat. I didn't say yes. Okay. I didn't say anything. After a while, he was sitting before his uh, book and he was scratching his head and doing all the kinds of things. Uh, let me see. Come on, you see, you know, you don't insult my intelligence. Okay. I can understand what. <laughs> so, 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 I looked at him and I said, okay, Kretan, uh, so, are you also going for the wedding? Uh, no, sir. I have to come to class. No, sir. <laughs> 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 I said, oh, okay, 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 oh, okay, okay. I didn't say anything. So just before he was leaving, I said, okay, Kretin, uh, you don't have to come tomorrow, okay? Take a break. So he goes home, and I get a call from his mom. Sir, did you say that Kretin did not come to the class tomorrow? I said, yeah, he said there's a wedding. But sir, he's not attending. I said, don't worry. <laughs> I have some work in the church, so let him be. Lambs. They're innocent. Okay. They're innocent. I'm telling you that kid, no, he's got a heart for God. Today he'll say, sir, today we have cottage meetings, sir. Cottage meetings. He's got a genuine heart for God. Sir, yesterday everybody was teasing me, sir. I said, why were you, why were you teasing you? Because I wore a suit. And why did you wear the suit? I said, because Lord, sir, yesterday was Lord's table, sir. And therefore I had to dress myself well. I said, boy, lambs. You teach me well, man, so many things. I don't want to steal that joy from him, okay? Now, after I, after I've come to the ministry, I learned you don't need to know math. You need to know God. <laughs> Sister Elsa. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you need to know God. You need to know God. You don't, you don't have to finish the syllabus. You have to f- finish knowing God, at least on the side of eternity. Lambs. Feed my lambs. I have one other student, I don't want to mention the name. Uh, did you read that? Um, yes, I, I'll ask you questions. The person comes to me and she, uh, not, sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, uh, I, 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 but you're not answering the questions correctly. Go back and read. I read it so many times over and over again. I said, but you didn't get it. But I read it so many times. I said, okay, fine. Fine, you don't have to read it anymore. Okay, go to the next page. You see, lambs, feed my lambs. They're tender. And they have a heart for God. So, that is the reason why, you know what Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, he says, if even you cause these little fellows to stumble, it is better to have a milestone around your neck and drown yourself in them. He says, in this particular case, you can commit suicide. Understand that? Silence. Of the lambs. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> okay. And he said, he said, yes Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my, you have to feed the lambs and, what is that? Tend my sheep. And he said, yes Lord. Do you love me? He says, tend my sheep. And again he says, feed my lambs. Finally. You see, this is important for us to understand. That is the reason we know what Peter is gripped by his truth. Peter is gripped by his truth. And therefore, you know what he says? We were all like sheep scattered away, he says in First Peter chapter 2. And now what have we have, what have we have, what we have done? We have returned back to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls, he says. Do you gather? Do you like sheep? Do you like lambs? Do you smell like them? 
that is the reason why proximity is very important. I mean, proximity of your heart to the church is very important. Where did, where did uh, uh, Abraham pitch tents? He pitched his tents close to Hebron. Not far from Hebron. Close to the house of fellowship. Where do you pitch your tents? Where's your church? Alwal. Where do you live? Barangal. Congratulations. Why? My job is there. I'm just using hyperboles to <laughs> attract your attention. Understand? Proximity. Some people, I mean, do you really long to be around sheep? Do you long for that? I mean, I'll tell you because I know as a, as a, as a, as a believer who was baptized, was part of a very powerful fellowship when I was in university. For 365 days, I was not in church. Open to the demonic. Frustrated in life. Lost all purpose. And it's very interesting when I came back to the church, it was through a sheep. My friend Kishan Kavala, who brought me back to church. Understand that? Be around sheep. Hmm? Gather. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. No longer will violence be heard in your land, nor ruin or destructions within your borders, but you will call your what? Walls salvation. Understand that? So let's move on. So, the second thing he says, build the walls. What should you do? Build the walls. First thing, build the cities. Second thing, Build the walls. What does wall stand for? It stands for teaching. What does it stand for? Teaching. It stands for the standards of God. It stands for the boundary lines that God has placed so that you will be protected within those boundaries. Walls stand for boundaries. Boundaries. So let me tell you something. What does walls do? It teaches us to say what? Everybody say no. No. The grace of God which has brought salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching has to say no to ungodliness and worldly lusts. So live to live godly and soberly in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Walls, walls, my dear brothers, walls are important. The second thing he builds during the time of peace is walls, walls around yourself. That's the reason why Psalm 16 will say, the lines have fallen for me, what? In pleasant places, I have an excellent heritage. It is a hedge that God put, puts you around when you are a part of the church. A hedge, a protection, a wall, a standard, if you will. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. You know this verse very well. He who digs a pit will fall into it. Therefore, what should you do? The first law of holes, stop digging. Okay. <laughs> what is the first law of holes? It's no second law. Okay, first only one law. <laughs> the only law of holes, stop digging. So, he who digs a pit will fall into it and whoever breaks through the hedge or the wall will be bitten by a serpent. So, where are you protected? You're protected when God builds walls through the teaching of the scriptures, through the teaching of the apostles, the apostles' doctrine. There are walls around you. There is a firewall around you which you don't even know, you don't, you don't even realize. The protection that the teaching and the ministers of God bring to you because they intercede for your souls. That is the reason why Paul says, uh, Peter says, we have to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. What are we doing? We are building walls for you to stay around, stay in so that you are protected. So don't get upset when walls are being placed around you. Girls, don't be upset. Don't dress like, like those people in the world. 
walls that God, God places you, places around you. Don't break those hedges. Otherwise, what will happen? You will be bitten. You know the word for bite? In the Hebrew, it means interest. You will pay interest for the rest of your life. Usually. We have in their, you know, books, they have, there's a very interesting word, uh, phrase. It says, debt is very easy to acquire and very difficult to retire. Debt is easy to acquire, very difficult to retire. You know that, right? You see, when we acquire debt, whoa, the money comes in. And nowadays, the money goes out in the speed of light, electromagnetic, because we have QR codes. Chick, it's gone. Chick, 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 it's gone. No? Money only knows one language. One word. Tata. What does it know? Tata. <laughs> That's what it says in Proverbs chapter 22, it says, I think 22 or 21. It says, money takes wings and it flies away. It says, Tata. So when you give money, what is it saying to you? Tata. The other fellow saying, welcome, welcome. But very soon, he'll also say, Tata. Tata. Very easy to acquire wealth, very difficult to retire. So what happens? You break the hedge, you're bitten by the serpent. Adam did it. Jesus had to come to retire us. He broke the hedge, he was bitten by the serpent. No, and we sang that song, no? No, the riches of this world and the silver or gold or nothing could buy your salvation. He had to empty the bank balance of heaven to, to buy salvation. That is the reason why it says, we have not been redeemed by perishable things like gold and silver, but by the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without spot and blemish. It took the son of God, the only currency of heaven, the only account. God literally emptied heaven to purchase us back. So don't pay. He says, you know what? He tells those fellows, that guy who's lying at the pool of Bethesda for, Bethesda for how many years? 38 years. He says, don't go and sin anymore. Otherwise, what will happen to you? Worse. So what does the church do? It builds walls. What does it do? It builds walls. So be, be in this time of peace. Don't be lazy. Build those walls in your own life. Study the scriptures. Listen to the word. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it says, build yourself in the most holy place, faith and build walls around you so that you will be protected. You will be protected and the walls are for your protection. Proverbs chapter 24, look at what it says. And I went by the field of the lazy man. Man doesn't exist, but lazy. Man, woman. And by the vineyard of the man, devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw, I considered it well. I looked on and I received instruction. Why Why did he receive? What is the instruction that he received? Look what it says. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding hands of, of, of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come like a prowler. And your need like an armed man. Armed men are there. Satanic forces are there, they are seeking to devour seeking to devour the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy so don't break those walls build yourself up in the most holy faith filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit let the fruit of the Spirit be made manifest in our lives. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Whoever has no rule over the Spirit, no rule over the Spirit, is like a city broken down and without walls. Why does he have no rule? Because he didn't, he was lazy, essentially. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Understand? So build walls around you. Build walls around you.
Then, let's go on. All right. Just want to skip a few verses because I just want to finish what I started today. So first, build cities, build walls, and second one, build towers. What are these? The standards of God. What are they? Standards of God. I'll give you an example to understand what it means. You know, there are some institutions in this world. Before I come there, I want to, I think I shared this sometime back, a very interesting joke that I heard my dad tell me some years back when I was growing up. Uh, this guy is a son of a politician from South India. Okay, so those days, recommendation is work. So he was uh, called for interview and uh, the panel in the, the interview board, interview panel was really, really, really scared. Politician son is coming, we have to give him a job. They said, okay, fine, we'll give him a job, but at least one question we need to ask him. At least one. They said, uh, okay, we'll, we'll ask him the easiest of all the questions. Because South Indians drink a lot of coffee, we'll ask him the spelling of coffee. They said, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. I think definitely should be knowing the spelling of coffee. And suddenly, they said, coffee, yeah, coffee, yeah, spelling of coffee, and we'll give him the job. Then they said, one guy said, what if he doesn't know the spelling of coffee? Because C-O-F-F-E-E, is it E or F-E-E? We are getting confused. What if he gets confused and he doesn't tell his filling of coffee? What do we do? And they were just breaking their heads a little more. And he said, okay, fine, we'll do one thing. Let us, let him at least say one word out of coffee. One word. Okay, and we'll give him the job. One word, either C or F or E. You can say probability, no, out of 26 words, at least one word he will say. Okay, so, okay, coffee, one, one word by random because there's double E, at least one E will say, or double F, one F he will say. So they said, yeah, that's a great idea. So the interviewer fellow comes and one letter they're looking for, not even one word, they're only looking for Okaksharam, hmm, one letter. And the fellow comes and says, sir, <laughs> they say, sir, what is the spelling of uh, coffee, sir? K-A-P-P-Y. Kapi. Not even a single word is there. So that's exactly what has happened today. You know? What are we doing? We are lowering the standards. Lowering, lowering, lowering the standards. Enter in, enter in. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. You don't have to do anything. There's no rep- Repentance is not even preached. Forget about it. You don't have to change your lifestyle. You can continue in your lifestyle. You can continue in your sin. There's no faith without repentance. That faith is not faith. It is fake. See, we are lowering the standards. Towers. Warnings. There are warnings for the wicked and there are warnings for the righteous. Both need warnings. What did I say? Oh, you think the righteous don't need warnings? Oh, both need warnings. And what, is, what do towers do? They proclaim the standards of God and warn you of the danger to come. If you don't continue in those standards. Ezekiel chapter 3. Son of man. I made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them what? Warning from me. Give them a warning. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die. It is not like a serpent. You will not surely die. We may die, we may not die. No, no, no. There is absolute clarity here. 
if you disobey you will die surely and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way and to save his life the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity what will i do but his blood i will recall you know the avenger of the blood i told you know the story of uh, in pilgrim's progress faithful is running and Christian wants to catch up with him. And he says, hey, faithful, please stop for me. And he's running. He says, don't ask me to stop. The avenger of blood is after me. You know what he says? You know what he means? I cannot compromise on the standards of God. I can't wait for anybody. I can't lower the bar. You have to catch up with me. I'm not going to catch up. That's the reason why God tells Jeremiah, 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 Jeremiah. You should not be influenced by them. You should influence them. Jeremiah 15.19, for those of you who want to look at that verse. 15.19. Hmm? Okay, understand this. The standards are not, not supposed to be lowered. You have to continue in those standards. Ezekiel chapter 3. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your own soul. You see, warning, it's a place of warning. And again, when I say a righteous man, look at this. So there's, there's a warnings for the wicked, and the warnings for the Righteous, so that he will not turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity. You can. You have to stay in the straight and narrow path. He shall die because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require from your hand. Nevertheless, if you want the righteous man, that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. And you also would have saved your soul. What is we, what do we call? Here we call, we are talked about, we are talking about the complete standards of God. The whole counsel of God. The goodness of God and the severity of God. The grace of God and the truth of God. Both have to be adhered to and maintained consistently. Sometimes we might be looking at some preachings which are so bombarding you with truth. It's okay. Let it be. But grace is also there. Because grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 20. And verse 25 onwards. And indeed now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Why? Because I have not shunned to declare to you the what counsel of God? The whole counsel. All the standards of God. The scales of God. There was not one single unjust scale and balance in my bag. What all I show to you are the exact measures of God. No abomination. And he says, therefore, I am innocent of your blood. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come. Understand, therefore, for three years, I, therefore, look at what it says, verse, verse 31. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone. Towers. So what did he do? He built towers. What did he do? He built towers. So let me tell you something. I'll give you an example as to what this, mean, this means. There are certain institutions, okay? I don't know about these days, but at least during our days, there are some top institutions in the world. There is one, one uh, institute in South India called Chennai Mathematical Institute, CMI. It's supposed to be the top uh, mathematical school, uh, math, uh, school for mathematics in India. 
So let us say the intake for that year is 30. How many? 30 seats. Okay. So they have a cutoff mark. Hmm? If you pass the cutoff, then you are allowed to enter into the school. So let us say the cutoff mark is let's say um, 75 out of 100. Just giving you an example. You get 74. You will not make the mark. Let us say that year, several students applied. Out of the lakhs of applications that they got, only 12 students made the cutoff. How many? 12 students. Cross 75. That means there are 30 seats, 12, only 12 are filled. Do you think they are going to reduce the bar? No. No. But sir, your capacity is 18, sir. I mean 30, sir. There are 18 seats which are free, sir. Sorry. Sir, you lose fees. We are not looking for fees. We are looking for quality. It is not like Loyal Academy. What is the fees? I don't have time. Uh, there is no seat, sir. How much should I pay? Uh, management quota, 25 lakhs, sir. 25 lakhs. Take 50. Don't waste my time. That is lowering the standard. How many seats are left? 18. I would rather have 12 students who have made the mark than 18 students who are, have not made the mark. I am not going to allow them into the school. Now think about this. That is a standard of an earthly institution. What do you think? Heaven? No, 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 no. Jesus will reduce the bar. No, 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 no. No bar reduce reduction. You know what? When he came and he started preaching Matthew chapter 7, the bar is not lowered. If you lust after a woman with if you have lusted after her in your eyes, you have committed adultery. Look at that standard. If you have angry with a brother without a cause, you have. My goodness, I did not commit adultery. Really? <laughs> really? The bar is raised. I wonder why they call bar, bar. Bar, no? The bars. I mean, I was actually looking up today in the internet. Why do you call bar bar? What is the? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you should do a small homework on that. No, why is bar called bar? Hmm? You see, there's a bar. The standard is no lowering of God's standard. It is the righteousness of Jesus. That is the reason why he says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, you cannot enter. And you don't make the cut off. Cut off. I'm not going to, you know what he says? If you don't continue like this, I'm going to cut off your name from the, from the what of life? From the book of life? I don't want you here. You see, when Jesus is coming back, one of the urgencies that should happen in a many, a man of God, it says, it says in 1 John chapter 3 says, because we have this hope, we make every effort to make ourselves pure just as he is pure because everyone who has this hope makes himself pure as he is pure so that we can stand before the judgment seat of Christ without any blame, without any spot, without any blemish. And he will come. He says, friend, where are your wedding garments? <laughs> Sorry, sir. Uh, out. Hand him over. 
I mean, I'm, you're all, you're all stunned, but don't ever reduce the standards of God. Yesterday, if you were there, after the post teaching we had yesterday, the pastor was talking to us. You know what? He, he, some solemn statements he has made. Which I want to tell you here also, because not, not many, were, many of you were there. You know what he said? He said, he made a very powerful statement. He said, you know what? Many of my own church members may not even make it onto the other side. That is the reason why he says, make every effort, my dear brothers, to make your calling and your election, what? Sure. There's no lowering of standards, my dear brothers. Hell is not like that. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 24. Who is then as a faithful and a wise servant whom his master made ruler of his household to give the food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, he will make him a ruler of all his goods. But if that evil servant says in my heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to eat with his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkards, the master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware of and he will cut him into two and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. They shall be weeping and gnashing off teeth. Who are these? They are servants of God. Oh, they, there are many servants of God who will, be, who will end up in hell. Have you not prophesied in your name? Have you not driven out de- demons in your name? Have you not taken Bible studies in your name? Have you not preached to multitudes in your name? I don't know you, you workers of iniquity. You see, hell will never say there is no place. Or there is always room. Hell may hey, too much ho gaya re, par jaga. No, no, no problem. Adjust. We will, make, we will adjust. Move this way. You move here. Come. Hell will never say enough. I am not saying this. I am not saying this. The Bible says, look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 30 verse 16. A solemn warning. Solemn warning. Sheol, the barren womb, land, never satisfied with water and fire, never says enough. Never. Oh, hell says, oh, no, 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 place too much ho gaya. Let us make another. No, 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 no. It is not Vishwamitra making another second hell, he- heaven. No. Vishwamitra making a second heaven and everybody is ulta in that heaven, by the way. You know that, right? Second heaven, Vishwamitra. Hell will not say enough. Always room. Are both fill ho gaya yahan par. Adjust kar lenge. India, you know, we'll, all the second class book. Actually, not second class. If, if you have, have you traveled with uh, in uh, general ticket in in trains? I traveled. Come, 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 come. <laughs> no place near the bathroom. Also, it is stinking. They will put one mat and they will sit there. There is absolutely nobody who is complaining. You know what? But. On the contrary, hell is full and complaining and always have, having room for more complainers. You see, I'm telling you, the standards of God never lower it, my dear brothers. That is the reason why, why is there no fear of God inside of us? Because we have lowered the standards of God. We have lowered. And one of the things, hallmarks of this generation is that we do not have the fear of God. We can sin willfully sometimes and think God is going to forgive us. There's no object, there's no, there's no passion, passion for holiness, for holy living, for blamelessness. There's no fear of God. That is the reason why we take teachings lightly. 
You know, I've heard more preachings, teachings than you, any, any of you from GDC. I'm telling you honestly, but I make it an effort to go to every meeting that pastor preaches, even Nepali. Sometimes I don't have, to, I don't have the time to, uh, because I have some of the uh, meetings, so I listen to Nepali online. Of course, now I know Nepali a little bit, but you understand this? Why? Don't lower the standards of God. You see, we have lowered it. We have made everybody accommodative. It is not going to be like that in heaven. You know what God says? Of all the people, you only have I known you, known, of all the people, you you only have I known. So therefore, what what will I do? I will punish you because of your iniquities. The word for punish is very interesting. The word for actually visit you. Exactly. That's the word. I will visit you. You know what? I'm not going to lower the standards, but I'm going to come next next to you. I'm going to grant you the grace so that you will be able to be an overcomer one day. I will give you the grace to overcome every sin. I will give you the grace to overcome every lust. I will give you give you the grace to overcome anything that the world throws at you. I will give you the grace. But do you have the faith? Grace is available, but do you have the faith? Why do we come for the hearing of the word of God? To lower the standards of God? No. The standards cannot be lowered. So, so what did he do? During these times of peace, if you cannot adhere to the standards of God, do you think you will adhere to the standards of God during the times of war? You will be the first person to compromise. That's the reason why God tells Jeremiah, if the footmen have buried you, who is coming? Horsemen are coming. Running with the footman has caused you are getting tired and you're, you're and you're and you're complaining 150 times. That is the reason why you, some, you see some my dear brothers and sisters. This year, you no know, pastor was talking to us. It was about if you're really serious about your about your spiritual life, young people especially. I want to I want to really encourage you. Go through a time of fasting and prayer regularly. Husband and wife go through a time of intense seeking, seeking the face of God, reading the scriptures together. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves in your own home. Understand that. Because the days are coming, you need every opportunity. Use it. Utilize it. When pastor says fasting, take it as an opportunity. Grab it with both hands. And say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be intentional. Right? Haven't our children, children, parents disciplined us? Of course they disciplined us. They said, today no food for you. Did they not, did they not say? Of course they said. Was it not good for us? Absolutely it was good for us. That is the reason why he says, I afflicted my soul with fasting and prayer, it says. And you want to ensure that you finish this walk with the Lord? Boy, you, be, you better be a people whom the word of God will visit. The word of God will not visit everybody. It will only visit John in the wilderness. A man who's built upon, built by a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. Do you think that man can be shaken easily? That's the reason why Bible says, Jesus says, what did you go, on, go into the wilderness to see? A man who can be shaken by the reed? reed? No. By the wind? No. Man who will never compromise the standards of God. And he will tell Herod if, if need be. He will say, it is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. Never. So for yourself as well, Lord, in your personal life, if there are certain areas, you know that you're compromising. If you, you know, everybody knows where they're compromising. Okay. That is the reason why even though we preach publicly, it's a private class. All, all of you are in private classes only now. Because it is between you and God. Later on, it will become public class. 
Okay? So first thing, gather. Second thing, build walls. Third thing, build towers. Then, fourth thing, build the gates. Build the gates. What are gates? Gates are places of judgment. When the standards have been set, when the standards have been set, now based upon these standards, begin to judge your own heart and say, Lord, where am I? You're all sheep, right? So does God judge sheep? Of course he judges sheep. Look at what he, how, he, how he judges sheep, okay? Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 20, 22 onwards. Therefore I will save my flock and they shall no longer be a prey and I will judge between sheep and sheep. Sometimes, you know, pastor will say, look at that brother and learn from him. Oh, how is he comparing? Everybody's different. Huh. There cannot be comparisons in the kingdom of God. Really? What does Paul say? Imitate me. Oh, don't compare yourself with Paul. Paul, you have a different ministry, I have a different ministry, you have a different life, I have a different life, you have a different calling. Did you say, did they say? Ah, Jesus, you're too much, you're almighty, I'm almighty, you know. <laughs> so, so. Judge, sheep. And she, that's the reason why he tells, tells him, tells him for second Corinthians chapter eight, he says, you know what? The Macedonian believers, do you know Macedonian believers? You know how they gave? Hey, Paul, you're not supposed to talk about people's giving. It is a secret thing. Hey, wait. You know how they gave? You Corinthian church, learn how they gave. Thessalonian church, Thessal- your faith is being broadcasted all around the world. Learn from other sheep, Baba. Humble yourself. Learn from lambs. Learn. Sometimes lambs will will speak words of wisdom. They'll open their mouths and boy, where did that come from? Be sensitive. You see, Otherwise, you know what? You should, that is what we call a teachable spirit. You see, you should have the capacity to learn from a child. Sit down. You're not a professor when you come to <laughs> church. <laughs> You're what? A learner. There's only one rabbi. There's only one teacher. That is the reason why he says, don't let anybody call you rabbis. There's only one rabbi. That is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And a man who's inspired by the word. Understand that. So what do we do? How does he judge? So he judges in different ways. Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 16. I will seek that which is lost. So so many lost sheep here. Even now, (laughs) we don't know. You are found in the house of the Lord, but many of you are lost sheep. God finds you. He says, come back. Don't stray away. Some people are straying. You're making a small degree change here. One degree change, it's okay, no. It don't have to be so strict. You're becoming legalist. No, no, not legalist, Baba. If you take one degree shift after a while, you know where? Where you will go? Away from the path and all the way to hell. Stray. Bind up that which was broken. Come to God. Some people are broken. God will bind you. It is come to God. Come to God. Lord, I'm broken, Lord. You do not know me. God knows you. God knows your brokenness. Strengthen the fainting. Some people are, they don't have strength. God will strengthen you. And look at what, is, what the other one. Guard the 
strong. <laughs> the strong fellows have to be guarded. You know why? Because they think that they are strong. Now they don't need God. In Telugu, it's very interesting. Siksha ane meta bharatanante. It won't meta. Siksha ane meta. Meta means food. Siksha means a food called discipline. <laughs> he will give you the food called discipline because you are, you think that you are very strong. Judge yourself. Gates are a place of judging. And allow God to judge you. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak, many are sick among you, and many are asleep. Why? Why are you asleep? Because why are you dead before your time? It's because you do not judge yourself. Look at what it says. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That is the reason why it says in First Corinthians chapter 2, he says, a spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is not judged. Meaning what? He judges everything in his life. How much of my life is of the flesh? How much of my life is of the soul? How much of my life is of the spirit? Soul meaning what? I feel, I will, I think. How much of it is I feel? How much of it is I think? How much of it is I will? Judge. A spiritual man does it. Gates are a place of judgment. So build those judgments now, even in your own life. Begin to judge. One of the things that we need to learn. Lord, I am not judging anybody else. I am judging myself first, period. So even when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. Understand that? For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord. That we may be, that we may not be condemned with the world. So he judges us. Gates are a place of judgment. That means what should be allowed into your life, what should be taken out of your life. Both things he will say. These are the things which are which are not supposed to be allowed in your, in your life. These are the things that you are not supposed to watch. These are the things that you are not supposed to hear. These are the friends you are not supposed to have. These are the friends you can have. These are the things you can watch. These are the things you can hear. These are the things you can read. You see, both that is what judgments are. Okay, understand that. Judge yourself. Strong, continuously, right? Every day of your life because these are the times of peace. Become intentional. So let's go back to Second Chronicles chapter 14. And then, you build cities, you build walls, you build towers, you build gates. And then what do you do? You build bars. You know what bars are? You have garrisoned yourself so tightly now that nothing of the enemy can touch you anymore. That's what it says, no? Building strongholds. First of all, you have to pull down strongholds and you have to build strongholds. And you have to garrison them. You are secure. Now it has become a city of refuge for you. You can go. Now Jesus went to, I mean, like David says, whenever the Philistines came, where does, where does David go? He goes to the stronghold and he's there. He's safe there in the stronghold of God. Garrison. No thought. Don't allow any thought. It says, garrisoning your mind so that the things of this world will not attack your mind anymore. Because you have built your life. The thought patterns have been established. Okay? Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. That by two, two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. The hope we have as an Anchor for the what? 
for the soul. Meaning what? No longer what I feel, no longer what I think, no longer what I will. I feel. You know, we are all feeling generation, no? Very, very, very feeling. You hurt my feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. That is Ben Shapiro's line. <laughs> feelings. Garrison. Pull that, build that stronghold. Like, you know, um, from that time onwards, Jesus began to tell his disciples that he has to suffer many things. And what does Peter say? Lord, may it never be. And what does Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. And you know what he uses? A very powerful language. You know what he says? You are not mindful of the things of God, but you are mindful of the things of man. Your mind is easily wandered. Ask you this question, all of us. Can we concentrate for long hours? It has to be interesting, Pastor. I'm telling you, you know, in university we had very little, few interesting classes. Very few. See, interesting class only in the first class. Because he uses it as a trap. Oh, so many things are promised in this course. After this, grind. Oh my goodness, so many assignments, so much of work, yes. Interesting class only first, second class. That's how I used to get my students, okay? They would, uh, they would just add and drop, no? Add, you know, you add courses and you drop courses, right? First 15 days, you can add a course, you attend the class, end of the class, and the professor is interesting, you can continue the course. So the first two lectures would be my attraction lectures. And then they would say, sir, I'm registering for this course. And after that, got them. Now they will come and do song and dance. Sir, should I do this, sir? Should I do that, sir? Yes, you have to do everything now. <laughs> I caught you. I caught you. Finished over. You got a, You want an A? You better earn it. You better earn it. The lectures have to be very interesting. Lot of things in the Bible, it is not interesting for the, ma- for the flesh. It's a probing. It's a searching. It's a digging. You know what it says? Study to show yourself approved unto God. You know what the word, word for, what is the next verse? Next word? A worker. You know what the word for worker is? Comes from the Greek word gregos, from which we get the word George or Georgios. The one who is a farmer. You know what a farmer does? Interesting job. Interesting farmer job. You go out to the farm, you think it's interesting? Digging and digging and digging and picking. It's hard work. But when you get the fruit, that is enjoy. Labor now, fruit later. Understand? Okay. So, anchor to your soul where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. Therefore, build. Build. Bars. Build. Gates. And build. The last one. Bars where you can, you become impregnable now impregnable, you're protected, your thought patterns now, the way, like uh, pastor was saying, I mean, what a, what a statement that is, right? When Jesus is confronted by a storm, just comes up and he says, be still. Look at that, look at, he cannot be moved by anything. He's not easily movable. So what does Asa do? You know what Asa does? Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 4, 
14. So he built all these things. We have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and they prospered. After that, what happens? You know, as a result of going through this rigor of building cities, building walls, building towers, building gates and building building bars. You know, what is the result of this? What is the result? No, 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 no. Before the attack comes, in, comes a result. The result is very interesting. And Asa had an Adi. What is that? Army. Sit, walk, stand. To stand, what should you become? A soldier in armor. So five things he did. He built a city. He built a, he built a tower. He built the walls. He built the gates. And he built the bars. And what is the result of this rigor? He has an army. He has an army. Man, what are we building over here? In this church? 318 trained soldiers who were born in his house. Who is that? Abraham. It's very interesting when Genesis chapter 14 talks about Abraham. He doesn't talk about Abraham. Abraham. He talks about Abraham because when he goes and fights the five uh, five kings, he's still Abraham. But you know when when he meets Melchizedek, he's still Abraham. But you know when uh, when uh, Hebrews talks about uh, the confrontation of Melchizedek, Melchizedek with Abraham, he doesn't say Abraham. Understand that? Okay? Just, that's just food for thought for you. Alright? Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah carrying shields and spears. From Benjamin, 280,000 men carried shields and rubos. All these were what? Mighty men of valor. How, what is the result? How did this mighty men of valor come about? Because they went through a rigor of building a city, building gates, building towers, building bars and building walls. Impregnable. Became an army. So build an army. Now what will come now? After this will come what? An attack. What will come? God will definitely allow an attack to come. And what is the attack now? The attack is this. Then Zerah, the Ethiopian came came out against them with an army of a million men. Outnumbered. Okay, obviously. And 300 chariots. And he came to Maresa. So Asa went out against them and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephyr at Maresa. So much of detail given. Let's move on. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God. Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you and your name. So they went. And they de- defeated the Ethiopians. So when they defeated the Ethiopians, what is it? It's a symbol of a man having a confrontation, winning over his, what we call as flesh. Ethiopian is a symbol of the old man. You know, the Bible talks about Ethiopian saying, can an Ethiopian change his color, nor a leopard its spots? Can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil? So the old man is accustomed to doing evil. It's a symbol of the old man. The symbol of the flesh. Coming against you. Like just the Amalekites who came against Israel in Rephidim. And then we had Asa. Who fought. And they won the war. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa. And the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. 
So the Ethiopians were overthrown and they could not recover for they were broken before the Lord and his army and they carried away much spoil. So the result of this is what? An overcoming life. A life of victory. A life of overcoming. A life of faith which depends completely upon God and God answers their prayer. The result of that is an army, a life of victory, a life of overcoming. Now comes the warning which I want you to look at in the next few minutes that we have. Five warnings so that we will stay in that course of victory. Let's read those warnings one by one and spend a few few minutes over that. Second Chronicles chapter 15. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah. This is an incredible victory that they have. So after the victory, the danger is there. You might become complacent. Okay? You have built you had victory. You were able to overcome. God answered your prayer. And now comes the test. It is not the test of, of war. It is a test of victory. Both are a test. Look what happens. Now the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Odeth. And he went out to meet, meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa. And all Judah, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be fond of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. What a warning, isn't it? After a tremendous victory, the first thing he says, the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Odeth. Now, it's very interesting. The word for Azariah means God is my strength. Yahweh is my strength. And he went to meet Asa. Who went to meet Asa? No, I don't think Azariah. The spirit of God. Who went to meet Azariah? The Spirit of God. Who went to meet Asa? Who confronted Asa? It is the Spirit of God. So the first thing, first warning, if you want to stay in that course of victory and not get distracted, the first warning, be sensitive to the probings and the warnings of the Spirit. Why? Why? It's very important. John's Gospel chapter 16. And when he has come. He will convict the world of sin. Who is that he? Spirit of God. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Be sensitive. Continuously be sensitive to the probings and the warnings of the Spirit of God. Don't pretend. Don't lie. Especially the prophets. You know, there are five fold uh, uh, officers in the, in the kingdom of God. Right? First is what? Apostles, you know, apostles means without the thumb, you can do nothing. Remember, uh, Ekalavya, what did he ask him, Dronacharya? Mm, he asked the thumb. If the apostles are gone, that's it, the church is gone. So, uh, what do apostles do? They build up, they build up the foundation. No other foundation can anybody lay other than the foundation. But there are, uh, the foundation is Jesus Christ. And then the church is built upon two things. The, the apostolic, and that is doctrine, and the prophetic, which is correction. So that is the reason why, first thing is what? Apostle doctrine. Second is what? What is it? Prophetic. What does prophetic do? Prophet do? Gun. Finger pointing. I am not pointing fingers. Who is pointing the finger? God is. He will show you exactly. This is where the problem is. He will come and probe you exactly, and you can't pretend. You can't pretend. Even if it is a blind prophet, he can see. What did I say? 
even if he was a blind prophet. Remember, uh, not Rehoboam. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. Jeroboam built, I mean, he got the kingdom with 11 tribes, right? And you know the story of Jeroboam. Abida, Abijah the prophet comes and prophesies and he says, this is what the Lord is showing me, etc. And after that, Jeroboam builds this uh, false false gods and he makes this, temp- makes this golden calf at uh, Bethel and Dan and he makes the entire nation to commit idolatry. Now his son is dying. Who's dying? Son is dying. Now he tells his wife, do one thing. Go to Abijah. How did you go to Abijah? Pretend. Clothe yourself with something else. Now, Abijah is blind. He also knows Abijah is blind. Now, think about it. That is a blind prophet. He can't see. Why should you pretend yourself? No. <laughs> it's very interesting, no? And he says, go and ask Abijah whether our son will survive. So the wife listens to her husband, clothes herself. And by that, by this time, God has already told Abijah, the blind prophet, and she is just at the door. You can't pretend before the prophet. He will come and point exactly your problem. He will show you where you are. What, what it says. And so it was when Ahijah heard the sound of her footsteps. She came through the door and he said, Come in, come in, come in. What did you pretend to be? Not the wife of Jeroboam. Wife of Jeroboam. I know what you have done. Why do you pretend to be another person? For I have been sent to to you with. You know, what do the prophets have always? That is the reason why Ahab got so frustrated. 400 prophets. Go to Ramoth Gilead. You will prosper. Jehoshaphat, no, that, what does Jehoshaphat means? Shafat means judge. Jehoshaphat means God is my judge. No, he's judging himself very baba. Everybody is saying the same music. Everybody is doing, this is what we call a psychophant symphony. You know, psychophant symphony. You know, psychophant symphony, no? When you listen to the music of uh, the, the flute, the lyre, the tabla and the, everything, what did, what did, what should you do? You should fall and bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar comes and says, when you hear this and this and this and this and this, you should fall down and worship. Otherwise, I will put you. So there were 400 psychophants. Okay. Nicely they were giving nice murudangam only. Music to his ears. Go! And then Yahushaphat says, something, the music is not in one accord. There's cacophony here. Everybody saying the same thing. They're singing in parts too, but somewhere in this, what do you call it? Acapulco? Acapella. Acapella. Uh, in this acapella, one fellow is going off. Off tune it is, uh, somewhere it is off tune. Do you have another guy? Yeah, there is one guy whom we can inquire of the Lord. He knows, who knows? But he never prophesies about me anything good, but only evil. Please call that man. You see, very interesting, no? How prophets multiply. They finished off 800 prophets of Baal. One Elijah. By this time, 400 prophets of Ahab again. Plus Micah. That's it. Two, one Elijah and one, one Micah against 400. See, prophets from the other side, they multiply easily. They multiply like rabbits. But to make one Elijah, one Micaiah, one Elisha. 18 years Elisha. How many years? 18 years. 
to make one Elisha. 40 years to make one Joshua and Caleb. That is what we call as furnace of testing and affliction and obedience. I have only bad news. So what do prophets have? Most of the time bad news. But thank God for bad news. Before you die. If you don't, if you die without getting corrected, that's actually horrible news. It's good, better for people to bring bad news. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look at what it says. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. You see that? So, be sensitive to the probings and the, and the warnings of the Spirit of God. First thing. Understand this. The Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let's go back. Second Chronicles chapter 15. The Lord is with him while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be fond of you. If you forsake him, he will, you will also forsake you. Second, be intentional in seeking the Lord. Be intentional. Not seeking knowledge, but seeking the Lord. Okay, that's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29. Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 13, 14 onwards, 13 and 14. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with heart, with all of your heart. And look at what it says. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from, gather you from all nations and from all the places where I scattered you. So if you want to come out of the captivity of sin and you want to enjoy more liberty, be intentional in seeking the Lord. Search the scriptures, study the scriptures in your free time. Every time you're free, God has given us a lot of free time. Thank, thank God for working from home. You have free time. Listen to the word of God. Build yourself up. Be intentional in seeking the Lord. Second warning. Third, for a long time Israel has been without the true God. Look at this, long time. Long time. You know what the third thing? Keep short accounts with God. Otherwise, yesterday was Pastor was saying, it becomes a hold and hold will become a, it starts with a foothold and foothold will become a stronghold. John's Gospel chapter 5, look at what it says. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he has already been there in that condition for a long time. Long time. Boy, it's so easy to get into bondage and, it, and you'll be struggling with it for a long time. Let me tell you something. Some of the habits that we have incurred from, right, from childhood, we still struggle with it right now. It's a long time. They don't go easy. It's a long time. Long time. You know what he says? Ultimately he comes and he says, do you want to be made well? You're long time this condition. Did you, did you say, I'm satisfied with the status quo. This is what I am. This is what, who I am. I'm just going to continue like this. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down and walks, steps down. You know what Jesus says? Arise, pick up your bed and walk. Be intentional. And keep short accounts with God. Look at what it says in Luke's gospel chapter 8. Very interesting construction of words. Verse 26 onwards. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is the, which is opposite Galilee. And when they stepped out of the land, this is the demoniac at Gadara. There met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And wore no clothes for a long time. Was in tombs for a long time. 
weakness. Starts with a foothold. And now becomes a stronghold. So what do you do? Keep short accounts with God. Every day morning start with repentance. Every day night start with, end with repentance. Lord, any sin you are showing me today, tonight, please Lord. Let not your son go down in her anger is one thing. Let not your son go down on unconfessed sin. Otherwise you will have a huge pile of unconfessed sin. Huge pile. Don't let it not be a huge pile of unconfessed sin, okay? So keep short accounts with God. Then, and in those times there was no peace to the one who went out, not to the one who came in, because it was a long time without a, without a, without a teaching priest and without a true God and without, um, without a law. There was no peace. And what did Jesus say? If you obey my law, you will be blessed when you go out and you will be blessed when you come in. I, the Lord, your God, will protect your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Did he not say that? Psalm 121. And he says there's no peace. Why? I'll tell you. Fourth lesson. Keep close to the flock of God. Everybody said that? Ah, Keep close to the flock of God. The flock of God. That is the reason why it says in Ephesians, to the, together with the saints that we will be able to understand the length and the breadth and the width and the height of the love of God. Peter is leaving for a, for a short time. I'll miss him. Because there's one dimension of the love of God and the character of God only he can bring. Nobody else can bring. That's what Pastor was praying. The dimensionality of worship when he has, when he was leading us in worship, he just brings it out. When he sings the Telugu songs during Pastor's conference, I'll miss him. No. There's something, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an interchange that happens. Keep close to the flock of God. So that you're going out and you're coming in will be blessed. Who, who said this? Who said this? Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 10. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I'd say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All, everybody say, all. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And where is it happening? When you're close to the flock of God under the teaching of the shepherd. Humble yourselves, it says in First Peter chapter 5 verse 5. And you younger people, humble yourself. Submit to your elders. Everybody be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon you, upon him. For he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion. Seeking to him whom he may devour. Resist him firm in faith. How does, how does that happen? Stay close to the flock of God. Be fed regularly. Because it says in Jeremiah chapter 3, I will take one from a tribe, two from a city, and I will bring them together, and I will give them shepherds and pastors after my own heart who will feed them with knowledge and with understanding. Keep, be close to the flock of God. Stay close to the flock of God. I'm telling you, reiterating it over and over again. Smell like sheep, my dear brothers. Be around sheep. Rub on each other. Like iron sharpens iron. Okay? Understand that.
from next Sunday onwards because he's not there. I'm supposed to lead worship now. That is going to be very interesting, right? You see, we'll miss Peter. We call him Peter, sir. Hmm? So, go in and out and find pasture. So, stay close to the flock. Then, be strong and let not your hands become weak. And your work shall be rewarded. Fifth and the final lesson for the day. Persevere and don't give up. Persevere and don't give up. The five lessons. That you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You think Asa responded well to this warning? Of course he responded well. But only for a time. And then comes another test. You know what he does? He takes the gold and the silver from the house of God and he gives it away. Compromises. And then another prophet comes and he says, the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro, Asa. And searching for those people whose heart is stayed upon him. In this you have done foolishly. From now on, what will you have? Wars. We'll have wars. What do you think Asa did? He got upset with the prophet and he put him in prison. You know why? Because he was not sensitive. He took it for granted. So there are five warnings. You just want to look at it once again. I just want to reiterate them or all of us will look at it. Be sensitive first to the probings and the warnings of the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God so that is the reason why don't grieve the Holy Spirit, he says. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve, don't quench, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't insult the Spirit of grace. Second, be intentional in seeking God. The third, keep short accounts with God. Fourth, keep close to the flock of God. And finally, Persevere and don't give up. You know why? Times of difficulty are coming. God has given us times of peace to build five things. Build cities, build walls, build gates, build towers, sorry, build towers, build gates and build bars so that you'll be garrisoned. And when the trial and the testing comes, your prayer will be answered by God because you have lived and built a life. During the times of peace, you build yourself in the most holy faith. So stay on that straight and narrow path because the standards are not low. They're always high and God is never going to roll lower those standards. That is the reason why he says, uh, Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1, he says, just balance and just scale is, is, uh, is beautiful in the sight of God. An unjust balance is an abomination in the sight of God. And God is that perfect stone. So this morning, can we all stand up? Warnings. During this time of absolute uncertainty that we have all around the world.
There are so many things which are reminders for all of us. We have learned and heard it in so many contexts. But let me tell you one thing. When I read Psalm 91, it says, Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, not for the pestilence that walks in darkness, for the, not the destruction that lays waste at noonday. All 24 hours are covered by the demonic. And there's an attack constantly on the church of God and on the minds of his people. And if you are a child of God, you will be sensitive to that. You will understand, Lord, what is this? What are these attacks on my mind? Why am I not able to concentrate for long hours on the world? Why am I not able to spend quality time in your presence? Why is it so difficult for me to get up early in the morning and pray and seek your face? Because there's an attack on the mind. Therefore this morning, let us resubmit ourselves to God and say, Lord, as your word says, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Because you said, O Lord, a body... You prepared for for me. And we also want to give our bodies, O Lord, Father, this morning. Resubmit our bodies to you once again. As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable act of worship. And we do not want to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we want to continuously be transformed by the renewing of the mind so that we may prove that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that which is a perfect will of God in this generation. We want to be intentional. For we know, O Lord, what is coming. We don't know the intensity of the attack. But that day should not catch us unaware, so Lord. We want to be warned. During these times of peace, we want to live and build our lives, which is based upon truth. We want to be, be around the flock of God. We want to build and gather together as much as possible, O Lord Jesus, in these last days. We want to build the walls, O Lord. We don't want to be lazy in our walk with you. We want to reestablish the standards of God in our lives and not lower them in our lives, Lord Jesus. And stick to the standards which has been preached from this pulpit for the past 14 years. And never bring the bar down, O Lord. Father, we want to judge ourselves constantly at the gates. And we want to garrison our minds so that we can become a ready army, O Lord Jesus, to overcome The onslaught that is going to come. And this army is too strong for us. But Lord, you told Joshua, if you meditate upon my word, even though these armies are more stronger than you, more mightier than you, you will be able to overcome them. And they will be food for us. And whatever be the onslaught from the pits of hell, we will be able to overcome. If we meet the conditions. We want to meet the conditions, O Lord, this morning. We want to stay close. We want to be in the body, not outside. We want to be a part of the body. Build ourselves in the most holy faith. So that one day we can become a strong army. Mighty men of valor. Those who started with David, O Lord... They were a people in distress, in debt. They were all people who were defeated. But when they stayed with David, they stayed with him. And when we stay with our heavenly David, we will become 
a part of those mighty men who will overcome and who will have spoils of warfare, who will have their own personal testimony of overcoming the onslaught of the wicked one. Father, prepare us, O Lord. These are serious days. Let not your church, let not any one of us slacken off. Let us become serious and walk with you. We thank you, Father, once again for this day. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. Amen.